Hola. This is a podcast for those people that are always feeling like they're in the middle. People that struggle with the many dualities of this world. Coño. Because we aren't just one thing. We are multifaceted and complex. I am Sharon Cox, and you are listening to Look Who's Tuckin'. Hola. Welcome back to Look Who's Tuckin'. I am Sharon Cox, your host, and today we are going to be talking about language. Language and communications is one of the most mysterious things to science. Some languages can be traced to a mother language or a root language, like Latin in the case of Spanish, Portuguese, Italian, and Romanian. Pero the greatest question is how did it evolve? How did it spread and change? And how is it that a child can learn any language if, you know, exposed to it at an early age? But for an adult, it's complicated to retain more than four or five languages. Language dates back to roughly 150,000 years ago. De todas maneras, all the linguistic evidence dates back to around 6,000 years ago, when written language began. But the major history of language is discovered through guesses and written evidence that is much newer than the era of the linguistic studies. It is almost like a milagro, and traces of this milagro, or miracle, can be seen in history and in the Bible. Language is given to one man, Adam. Then he passes it down to the generations, and then humanity gets gritty as always. And then they try to build a tower to reach heaven, and this omnipresent and all-powerful God destroys a tower and makes them all wait for millions of years for the first edition of Rosetta Stone so they can be able to understand each other. Honey, these Bible stories are messy and crazy. I know, for some of you, this probably sounds like sacrilegious. <laughs> and we are not here for a Sunday school class. But I find it interesting how influential language is in the development of humanity and even the development of religion. There is a high possibility that all languages derive from an initial language or a world language, like scientists like to call it. But it's hard to decipher what that language was. There are tell signs that indicate the relations of some languages, for example, the uses of the letter or the sound ch in Spanish and the use of the letter it in Portuguese. They're very similar in the words that are used. They all come from Latin, which is one of the purest. What it's certain is that language is ever-changing and always evolving. And though I will focus on Spanish and the use of newfound familiar dialects like Spanglish, English is not exempt from borrowing other words from other languages. For example, until I was doing this research, I did not know that English was not always accepted and or seen as a world standard. And then some of the most popular words in English have derived from French. For example, the word for pork in English actually derives from the same word in French, which is pronounced pork, or the word for beef, which is pronounced in French as t. 
Deboeuf, and God, I hope I'm pronouncing this right. I do not speak French. I did a little bit of research with Google Translate, so I am hoping <laughs> that this is correct. And while trying to pronounce all these words in French, I can't help but to think of Steve Martin in The Pink Panther. I want a hamburger. Hamburger. <laughs> Even though English and Spanish are not the only languages getting this merging and changing treatment, it is one of the most popular right now in the United States. And maybe it's because the United States shares a border with Mexico or that the U.S. for so long has been a place where many Latinx or Latine people have come to settle roots. Take Cubans, for example. They have a very distinct dialect of Spanglish that variates from, let's say, Mexican-Americans in the United States, while Spanglish... It's not a formal and or official language. It's become more and more acceptable. From news anchors to singers to influencers, Spanglish has taken flight in the United States today more than ever. Si esto no es new, for a very long time, let's say the 1930s to be exact, Spanglish has been a tool used for immigrants to be able to communicate and survive here in the States. At times, I think it's almost a necessity and a form of code switching. The textbook explanation for Spanglish is that of any language variety that results from the conversationally combining English and Spanish to create a new dialect. There are many ways to use Spanglish. Perhaps one of my favorites is in certain palabras of either language into the conversation like I do here in this podcast. For example, I started este podcast para poder conectarme with the people that identify with my experiences. Another way to use Spanglish is to do more of a literal translation of phrases in English to Spanish. For example, Perdón, mi teléfono se murió which translates literally to sorry, my phone died. The word morir in Spanish is normally not used for electronics. It would be more like, perdón, mi teléfono se le acabó la batería. Sorry, my phone ran out of battery. But for one reason or another, it is a lot easier for us to immediately translate the literal word than to have to figure out the correct word in Spanish. Most of us bilinguals in the United States have to juggle many things in our mind. We sometimes dream in English and Spanish, sometimes in Spanglish. And at times our brains are just in overdrive. So it's a lot easier to just use the words that are accessible at the moment. One of the most common ways to use Spanglish is to completely change English words and pretty much put them in Spanish drag. Like troca, a direct Spanglish use of the word truck, or the word carpeta. When you hear carpeta, you immediately think of a carpet, because that's the first thing that your brain is going to associate it with. But the word for carpet in Spanish is alfombra. Carpeta 
translated to English literally translates to folder or envelope. So we take words and just add a couple of Spanish letters at the end and call it a day. We put them in drag. But none of these things are new to the Latinx or Latina community. For years, there's been something in our lives called Anglicisms. Anglicisms is when we take an English word and just create a Spanish one. <laughs> for example, in Venezuela, we use the word cotufa for popcorn. But we're the only country in Latin America that uses that word for popcorn. And as I investigate and figure out why, I realized that when we first were introduced to popcorn in the packaging, it said corn to fry. Throughout the years, people just got lazy and just changed it to co to fa, corn to fry. This is a phenomenon that not only happens in Venezuela. All throughout Latin America, we have used names of brands or words in English to describe something and we just change it to something that looks and sounds like Spanish. For example, we have Vic Vaporu, which comes from Vic's Vapor Rub, or Cornflay, which comes from cornflakes, but cornflay growing up was any type of cereal. It did not matter what kind of brand it was or what type of cereal it was, we just did not use the word cereal or cereal for what we ate in the mornings. It was, ¿Qué tipo de cornflake quieres? What type of cornflakes do you want? This is not only with brands, but it also extends to sports. Basketball. Basketball in Spanish is spelled B-A-S-Q-U-E-T-B-O. L. Honey, that one got completely butchered. <laughs> it's basketball. But for us, it was just easier to just to say something that felt more familiar. Many of us grew up in this language duality. And we had the struggle while at home with our parents that would hound us for mispronouncing something in Spanish. And even make fun of us and saying things like, I ya se te olvidó el español. You forgot Spanish. <laughs> or things like, aquí en esta casa se habla español. In this house, we speak Spanish. But as our generation becomes leaders of tomorrow, politicians, artists, influencers, Spanglish will be more and more accepted by the masses as something that wouldn't be so colloquial or familiar. We as humans begin always longing for connections and the need to communicate our needs, emotions, and wants in life. Language is always evolving. And quien sabe, maybe algún día it would be a formal and official language recognized by the world stage. What I find beautiful about Spanglish is the fact that it's almost a need for our roots to be present in this new journey and in this new language that we are experiencing. Almost like we need to honor our ancestors, make sure our culture is seen and heard, and the fact that we don't want to let go of those things that make us so diverse and so different. And this goes not just for Spanglish, but for the many other conglomerates of languages that have been mixed and adapted to English. 
So if you are one of the many cultures that uses Spanglish and or other languages mixed in with English, be proud of who you are. Remember where you come from and don't let it go because the future generations will thank you. Ya que llegamos al end of the podcast, remember to let me know what you would like me to talk about. <laughs> let me know what topics you want to hear in future episodes. You can email me at lookwhostuckin at gmail.com. That is L-O-O-K-W-H-O-S-T-U-C-K-I-N-G at gmail.com. I spell that really weirdly. <laughs> Anyways, just make sure to let me know what you want to talk about and what you would like to hear. And I will make sure we will talk about it in the next episode. Goodbye. Hola. This is a podcast for those people that are always feeling like they're in the middle. People that struggle with the many dualities of this world. Coño. Because we aren't just one thing. We are multifaceted and complex. I am Sharon Cox, and you are listening to Look Who's Tucking. Hola. Welcome back to Look Who's Tuckin'. I am Sharon Cox, your host, and today we are going to be talking about language. Language and communications is one of the most mysterious things to science. Some languages can be traced to a mother language or a root language, like Latin in the case of Spanish, Portuguese, Italian, and Romanian. But the greatest question is how did it evolve? How did it spread and change? And how is it that a child can learn any language if, you know, exposed to it at an early age? But for an adult, it's complicated to retain more than four or five languages. Language dates back to roughly 150,000 years ago. De todas maneras, all the linguistic evidence dates back to around 6,000 years ago when written language begin. But the major history of language is discovered through guesses and written evidence that is much newer than the era of the linguistic studies. It is almost like a milagro, and traces of this milagro or miracle can be seen in history and in the Bible. Language is given to one man, Adam. Then he passes it down to the generations and then humanity gets gritty as always. And then they try to build a tower to reach heaven. And this omnipresent and all-powerful God destroys a tower and makes them all wait for millions of years for the first edition of Rosetta Stone so they can be able to understand each other. Honey, these Bible stories are messy and crazy. I know, for some of you, this probably sounds like sacrilegious. <laughs> and we are not here for a Sunday school class. 
But I find it interesting how influential language is in the development of humanity and even the development of religion. There is a high possibility that all languages derive from an initial language or a world language, like scientists like to call it. But it's hard to decipher what that language was. There are tell signs that indicate the relations of some languages, for example, the uses of the letter or the sound ch in Spanish and the use of the letter it in Portuguese. They're very similar in the words they're used. They all come from Latin, which is one of the purest. What it's certain is that language is ever-changing and always evolving. And though I will focus on Spanish and the use of newfound familiar dialects like Spanglish, English is not exempt from borrowing other words from other languages. For example, until I was doing this research, I did not know that English was not always accepted and or seen as a world standard. And then some of the most popular words in English have derived from French. For example, the word for pork in English actually derives from the same word in French, which is pronounced pork, or the word for beef, which is pronounced in French as de beef. And God, I hope I'm pronouncing those right. I do not speak French. I did a little bit of research with Google Translate, so I am hoping <laughs> that this is correct. And while trying to pronounce all these words in French, I can't help but to think of Steve Martin in The Pink Panther. I want a hamburger! Hamburger! <laughs> Even though English and Spanish are not the only languages getting this merging and changing treatment, it is one of the most popular right now in the United States. And maybe it's because the United States shares a border with Mexico, or that the U.S. for so long has been a place where many Latinx or Latine people have come to settle roots. Take Cubans, for example. They have a very distinct dialect of Spanglish that variates from, let's say, Mexican-Americans in the United States. While Spanglish... It's not a formal and or official language. It's become more and more acceptable. From news anchors to singers to influencers, Spanglish has taken flight in the United States today more than ever. Si esto no es new, for a very long time, let's say the 1930s to be exact, Spanglish has been a tool used for immigrants to be able to communicate and survive here in the States. At times, I think it's almost a necessity and a form of code switching. The textbook explanation for Spanglish is that of any language variety that results from the conversationally combining English and Spanish to create a new dialect. There are many ways to use Spanglish. Perhaps one of my favorites is in certain palabras of either language into the conversation like I do here in this podcast. For example, I started este podcast para poder conectarme with the people that identify with my experiences. 
Another way to use Spanglish is to do more of a literal translation of phrases in English to Spanish. For example, Perdón, mi teléfono se murió, which translates literally to sorry, my phone died. The word morir in Spanish is normally not used for electronics. It would be more like, perdón, mi teléfono se le acabó la batería. Sorry, my phone ran out of battery. But for one reason or another, it is a lot easier for us to immediately translate the literal word than to have to figure out the correct word in Spanish. Most of us bilinguals in the United States have to juggle many things in our mind. We sometimes dream in English, in Spanish, sometimes in Spanglish. And at times our brains are just in overdrive. So it's a lot easier to just use the words that are accessible at the moment. One of the most common ways to use Spanglish is to completely change English words and pretty much put them in Spanish drag. Like troca, a direct Spanglish use of the word truck or the word carpeta. When you hear carpeta, you immediately think of a carpet because that's the first thing that your brain is going to associate it with. But the word for carpet in Spanish is alfombra. Carpeta, translated to English, literally translates to folder or envelope. So we take words and just add a couple of Spanish letters at the end and call it a day. We put them in drag. But none of these things are new to the Latinx or Latine community. For years, there's been something in our lives called Anglicisms. Anglicisms is when we take an English word and just create a Spanish one. <laughs> for example, in Venezuela, we use the word cotufa for popcorn. But we're the only country in Latin America that uses that word for popcorn. And as I investigate and figure out why, I realized that when we first were introduced to popcorn in the packaging, it said corn to fry. Throughout the years, people just got lazy and just changed it to co to fa, corn to fry. This is a phenomenon that not only happens in Venezuela. All throughout Latin America, we have used names of brands or words in English to describe something and we just change it to something that looks and sounds like Spanish. For example, we have Vic Vaporu, which comes from Vic's Vapor Rub, or Cornflake, which comes from cornflakes, but cornflake growing up was any type of cereal. It did not matter what kind of brand it was or what type of cereal it was, we just did not use the word cereal or cereal for what we ate in the mornings. It was, ¿Qué tipo de cornflake quieres? What type of cornflakes do you want? This is not only with brands, but it also extends to sports. Basketball. Basketball in Spanish is spelled B-A-S-Q-U-E-T-B-O-L. Honey, that one got completely butchered. <laughs> it's basketball. But for us, it was just easier to just to say something that felt more familiar. Many of us grew up in this 
language duality. And we had the struggle while at home with our parents that would hound us for mispronouncing something in Spanish and even make fun of us and saying things like, Ay, ya se te olvidó el español. You forgot Spanish. <laughs> or things like, Aquí en esta casa se habla español. In this house, we speak Spanish. But as our generation becomes leaders of tomorrow, politicians, artists, influencers, Spanglish will be more and more accepted by the masses as something that wouldn't be so colloquial or familiar. We as humans begin always longing for connections and the need to communicate our needs, emotions, and wants in life. Language is always evolving. And quien sabe, maybe algún día it would be a formal and official language recognized by the world stage. What I find beautiful about Spanglish is the fact that it's almost a need for our roots to be present in this new journey and in this new language that we are experiencing. Almost like we need to honor our ancestors Make sure our culture is seen and heard. And the fact that we don't want to let go of those things that make us so diverse and so different. And this goes not just for Spanglish, but for the many other conglomerates of languages that have been mixed and adapted to English. So if you are one of the many cultures that uses Spanglish and or other languages mixed in with English... Be proud of who you are. Remember where you come from. And don't let it go. Because the future generations will thank you. Ya que llegamos al end of the podcast, remember to let me know what you would like me to talk about. <laughs> let me know what topics you want to hear in future episodes. You can email me at lookwhostuckin at gmail.com. That is L-O-O-K-W-H-O-S-T-U-C-K-I-N-G at gmail.com. I spell that really weirdly. <laughs> Anyways, just make sure to let me know what you want to talk about and what you would like to hear. And I will make sure we will talk about it in the next episode. Goodbye. <laughs>